everyone, it's Tim and Yoshi. And uh, man, it was uh, for over a week now into uh, this whole bugaloo situation that's going on. Last night, uh, Josh Seegerson and myself uh, covered it for what was almost a five hour live stream, even though I told him that I uh, didn't really care about covering this too much and that I'd uh, rather go chill in the hot tub. But one thing I didn't even think of, as we have a eight o'clock curfew here in Phoenix, that uh, you know not really is going to affect me. But started thinking about it, like I didn't even realize. I'm like, well, okay, so you can't be out past eight. Well, it's you know usually it's going to start being you know pretty soon 100 degrees by like seven in the morning here. So great, you know, as soon as you can finally go back outside again, which around now you could probably go out about like six o'clock again. It'll be okay we got some decent cloud coverage today so it's not uh not too bad but anyways uh thank you for all the positive responses from yesterday's video i know yoshi and i uh really appreciated that and uh, i gotta say one of the uh one of my friends and listeners uh anthony said that i was making a point uh but then yoshi uh interrupted me i think when he went to go chase a rabbit and i never got back to one of the points so uh, thank you for keeping me on my toes. But that point was about access to credit markets and uh, you know people just being able to access money. First, let me guys deviate a little bit because I just read that Amazon just had uh, you know basically record low interest rates uh, for what they were able to get on their bond offerings. I think they were doing like you know, some like six-year bonds, ten-year bonds for 0.4%. Interest rates, which is good for them if you can do it, but you can see this whole economy, uh, everyone is subsidizing Amazon to be able to you know, eventually you know, take over the world. So it's sort of, you know, I guess you surf that from uh, Walmart and now uh, you're seeing Amazon just you know, taking over everything. So they're able to have investors who will buy into their company for you know literally the past 25 years, probably longer, maybe longer than that. Um, yeah, probably 25 years. I guess we go back to 95. Hey, what's that? Oh, so anyways, with Amazon, these investors for years were subsidizing them uh, and they're, as they're losing money and they weren't even, and Amazon as a company, hardly, uh, I mean, I think it was only until recently, maybe three years ago, that they even had any profit as they were constantly just losing money off the hopes of we get enough volume that we will, um, that then at that point they can turn on the profitability switch after they, I guess, have already bankrupted all of their other uh, competitors. And so you see, and then you're know, not to mention like all the different unfair playing field that they get to sit on, but you know, eventually they're gonna, you know, bankrupt everyone. I mean, I still use them. I'm guilty of it just as much as, you know, probably everybody else. It's just an easy thing to do. Um, and now, you know, during this whole pandemic, you can't even order anything else anywhere. But as uh, you know, I guess the other point I was trying to make from before that the capital markets are basically drying up. And yeah, you can go, you know, you can still go buy a home. You can go uh, still go get a car loan. You can still still probably go get a student loan. But when it comes to let me see if I can just run over here. But when it comes to uh, you know just trying to get access to money as maybe a small business or access to like an unsecured 
line of credit, I mean, that's basically non-existent right now. So yeah, you can go get your SBA loan or PPA, I don't know, that's Small Business Administration or your Paycheck Protection Program loan that they eventually give you after applying for, for like three months. Uh, yeah, you can get access to government back loans, but you know, just, I guess, some anecdotal stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of you guys saw the story about me getting separated, which, you know, a lot of cost involved when you've got to, you know, buy a new one of uh, a lot of things like, you know, bed and a lot of other, which I'm still waiting for because uh, of this lockdown. But, uh, you know, as you're taking a look at the access to credit markets, I was putting some things on credit cards and figured, hey, hey, let's see if I can use some of these balance transfer offers and if I'm going to... Uh, you know, if I'm going to uh, see somebody running over here, they just ran to the other side so they don't have to be next to any humans. But just, you know, for, you know, like anecdotal stories, I was trying to see, uh, you know, hey, what would it look like if I tried to, uh, you know, transfer this to to somewhere else in the morning, uh, to somewhere else. And back in March, I was getting like tons of offers, like, oh yeah, 0% this, 0% that. And so I took the Bank of America card that I paid off and said, okay, well, you guys are gonna offer 0% last month when my credit wasn't as good and now my credit is even better. And, uh, which you know, is excellent. And go to see what the offer is and it's like 22%. And so if you have excellent credit and they're not even willing to offer me, which, you know, three months ago, they're offering me 0%. Now they're offering me 22%. Oh, what a great offer. Can't wait to go jump on that for 22% interest obviously not going to do that but i'm sure there's people out there that have to do that and so you've got this what max kaiser's been calling you know an interest rate apartheid going on it's just creating a very unfair uh playing field and usually i do have a, a meeting i've got coming up there i've got to actually go uh drive to it for an appointment so this is gonna be a pretty pretty quick one but usually i would be playing tennis right about now which we are coming up on the tennis court so uh, not a lot of people are aware of these extracurricular activities I'm doing with, with YouTube videos and Yoshi, but, uh, I'm trying to think what, what else I want. Oh yeah. You know, I did see that the founder of BET, uh, black entertainment television is now calling for reparations to the tune of $14 trillion. So, you know, why not? I mean, is that going to stop? You know, you know, is everyone going to have to sign a contract if they stop rioting and looting if they get $14 trillion? I mean, how is the $14 trillion going to be paid for? Are they just going to uh, maybe print, uh, make 14 separate trillion dollar platinum coins that the uh, that the Treasury sells to the Federal Reserve and then prints the money? Uh, you know, which you guys think that's ridiculous, but uh, yeah, I mean, Rashida Tlaib basically came out with a bill uh, stating such about two months ago, saying that that's how they wanted to pay for this universal basic income. And you see over there the tennis courts that I'm usually at, playing at this point. But uh, just doing a little walk and talk with you guys instead. But I do have to turn around and start making my way back home. Uh, I do have a meeting coming up. But you know, where do you even draw the line in that? I mean, what if you just got here as a from Africa as a African American? Uh, you know, what if you uh, are part of a black family that owns slaves? I mean, what do you do then? I mean, because I, I, and I think the BET founder's name was Robert Johnson, and I think the first slave owner 
in America, his name, Robert Johnson, or maybe, or maybe it's, I can't remember, it was something, I believe it was something Johnson, I'm sure somebody can go duck, duck, go that, maybe leave it in the comments, um, you know, what if your family were, were never slaves because you came over here somewhat recently, uh, you know, what if you're half black and half your family owns slaves, or what if you're, or then who pays it, I mean, what if you're, you know, a white guy that, you know, your family never owned slaves, which, you know, most families didn't, because it was, you know, like sort of equating like the 0.01% of uh, back then to what's going on now. I mean, the average white person has very little in common with, you know, somebody like Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or any of these other psychopaths. So I don't really know, you know, where to even draw the line on that. And then, you know, where does it stop? Because, oh, that's not going to be enough. So now we need to get, now we need to do more. Uh, you know, what if you are a black guy and you marry a white woman? I mean, does that sort of like cancel each other out? And so there's all of these different uh, things that I'm not even sure how you would even try to go about, you know, accounting for that or where you come up with $14 trillion. But, you know, why not? I mean, we're throwing everything else at it. Let's, you know, cancel student loans. Let's can Oh, you know what? I did see, I did see it out in California, you know, go figure, that California was now saying something to the tune of, hey, if you are more than 40%, uh, your revenues are down by more than 40%, that you can actually just basically walk away from your commercial lease. So, uh, you know, just imagine the ramification that's gonna have as everyone, I mean, even people who probably weren't even thinking about going out of business, they're gonna be like, well, hey, you know, um, rather than tough this out and I've got, you know, a $10,000 a month lease, and, you know, that's a whole lot of, you know, coffee I've got to sell or a whole lot of, you know, widgets I've got to make or do something. Not that anybody's making, maybe plastic straws are making over there in California, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's gonna, this moral hazard is gonna uh, probably allow more businesses to go out of business because they're basically getting like a get out of jail free card with this. Now, I don't know if it passed, but uh, it's a bad idea, so it'll probably end up passing. Uh, in reparations, I don't know if that's gonna pass. Uh, it's another bad idea, so maybe that will end up passing too. What about all the you know white people that gave their lives to help free the black people? Uh, I don't know. I mean, did their families get any sort of reparations and all this? But you know, and I'm not saying this to be insensitive. Just saying this as an economist to try to figure out how this would actually play out in uh, in real world because they're throwing everything at this. Uh, I mean, I was saying 40 days into Trump's presidency that that dude was going to lose and lost so many followers, so many subscribers, had everyone call me a libtard. Um, and the basic premise was, listen guys, you guys think they're just gonna let them walk away with this? You guys think they're just gonna let him, you know, have a second term? They're not gonna throw everything that they can at him? And one of the points that I was running out of time in my anarcho speech that I didn't really, I can't remember if I even touched on it or not, maybe gave like a five second overview of this. But one of my main theses is, uh, I mean, a lot of main theses, but one of them from a corruption standpoint is, listen, if you were, um, you know, part of the deep state and you thought Hillary had a 98% chance of winning, are you going to risk a felony to, uh, you know, hack an election? Are you going to risk a felony to have all these dead bodies voting? Are you going to risk a felony to, you know, keep going down and down the line? You know, so if you've been told homegirl has, you know, 98% chance of winning, you know, why are you going to, you know, risk your life to, um, 
you know, try to throw an election. And so you're not. And so I think that's a point no one really makes. Or if you're some kid, uh, you know, smoking weed in your mom's basement in Wisconsin, are you going to go, uh, you know, get up and go stand in line and go vote and do all this other crap if, if she has a 98% chance of winning? And I think the answer to that is no. And so this time, you can pretty much bet your ass that every single person that doesn't want him in there is going to be out there uh, voting against him. And you're going to have, you know, all sorts of fraud, whether it's at the, uh, you know, dead bodies voting or multiple people getting busted and voting multiple times or uh, what there's something called fraction magic. So look that up sometime, fraction magic, which, uh, you know, maybe by uh, Bev Harris. Uh, so she has the documentary Hacking Democracy, which she's actually liberal. But, you know, it showed how a lot of these machines right from right out of the gates, what they do is they could say, OK, well, we want, uh, you know, 51 percent of your vote to go here, the other 49 percent to go over there. And so they actually rig it right at that level and they could fix all this stuff and they could have, you know, different blockchain voting. But I think it was Lenin. I can't remember if it was Lenin or Stalin. But, you know, remember, it's not uh, who votes that matters. It's who counts the votes. And then he famously said he counts the votes. So, you know, this time all the vote counters out there are going to be throwing everything they can at this nice, really nice shade over here to help rig that election. Um, you know, if Trump only pisses off, you know, 1% of the people that voted for him, which, uh, you know, he pissed me off out of the gates by having Jerome Powell. You know, he only, I mean, he's going to have to have every single person that voted for him and more to get in there. And, and what? I mean, I said, hey, if he does a, a thousand things, uh, if there's a thousand things I want him to do and he doesn't do anything about the Federal Reserve and change, not that I had my hopes up that he'd do anything. But, you know, he's made it worse. He's emboldened them. He's given them more power. He's given them more debt, which they make money off all the interest of all the debt. They get a 6% dividend of all the interest of all the debt. So they're incentivized to get more debt. And now they have more debt, which is the only thing that they peddle. And he's actually emboldened them. And the things that he, people are like, oh, well, Tim, you've got to be super happy. He's criticizing the Fed. Uh, well, he's criticizing them for all the wrong reasons. I mean, he's criticizing them for basically not doing the same things that Janet Yellen was doing when he was criticizing Janet Yellen doing political things to help out Barack Obama. Sorry, I had to sit down for a little bit, get some shade. Some nice cloud cover today, so it's actually not too bad. I didn't get the early start that I was hoping for, but I did get my GoPro working again, or if it's not working, I'm going to be really pissed uh, if the next video, <laughs> the next video I make, because uh, all this would have been for naught. <sighs> But yeah, it's, uh, you know, just another day out here. Didn't really have anything planned to talk about besides uh, some of the questions that, that you guys gave me and the questions that Anthony gave me. But yeah, let me know some more topics you guys want me to talk about. I mean, every day there's just a whole bunch of new crap going on, as I'm sure everyone's aware of. And uh, yeah, I just want to be here to help document it for you guys, give you my analysis. I do like, you know what? I do, I gotta say, I do like doing this style of video because it's very natural. I'm not, I don't have anything awesome. Wait, so sprinklers are going on. Yoshi, you're gonna get caught in the sprinklers? Okay, they're inside the pool, so luckily we're safe this time. So anyways, yeah, let me know what you guys want me to talk about. 
Uh, if you guys like this style, it seems like a lot of people did like this format. If you're listening to the podcast, just realize this is another walk and talk with Tim and Yoshi. But for now, signing off, and uh, maybe I'll do one, uh, do one tomorrow. Take care, guys.